You read her every day at mistressmatisse.blogspot.com. You've probably downloaded this podcast at work. Be warned, this podcast contains frank discussions of sexuality, SM, and perhaps even a lawn gnome joke or two. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time again for the Mistress's Podcast. I give you the one, the only, the Mistress. Greetings once again, podcast listeners. It's the Mistress's Podcast. I'm your happy co-host and announcer, Monk, and here she is, the Mistress, and today we're going to be talking about sex work. Ooh, yes. We have some uh, some letters here to answer, and I kind of collected uh, couples all together that all had to do with sex work, so we're kind of doing the sex work podcast. The sex work podcast. Um, uh, so without further ado, uh, Monk, you want to you wanna read this I'll fire letter? away. All right, so Angie writes and asks, can you give me any advice about aftercare for pro-doms? I'm apprenticing as a mistress, and I think I should try to ensure that I leave scenes with all my energy intact, and I'm able to go home without unnecessary leftovers. If you can't imagine what I mean, I may be a little unclear due to my inexperience. I've done my reading on aftercare for tops and for bottoms, but haven't come across anything for pro-tops yet. Anything you can offer on this topic would be appreciated, and thanks for everything you've already given. Oh, what a sweet letter. Um, when I read this, I kind of thought, what the hell was she talking about, aftercare for programs? And what, that's, you know, I mean, I, I guess even as a top myself, I have not thought about aftercare for me. When I think of aftercare, I think of me taking care of the person mm-hmm. I've just, you know, dismantled. Just destroyed. Uh, and that, that's, you know, I mean, it's, especially in like an ongoing kind of loving relationship, you, you do need to kind of get back to the people that you normally are, your kind of regular mm-hmm. partner selves. Um, and because, you know, when I, when I see people kind of professionally, um, at least it kind of in the, in the early days, these are people with whom I had really limited interactions and we were always in these roles when I saw them. Therefore, it was not a question of our getting back to our everyday selves because for this, this was our everyday self. Interestingly, it's, it's, this letter really kind of was thought-provoking for me because uh, now in my, at this point in my career, I'm having a lot of really long-term relationships with people and spending a, a lot of time with some of my guys outside of the really um, highly formal structure of a scene. So there is more of this, this is more of an issue for me than it used to be, and that's just kind of, that was just interesting for me to realize. Um, but I can think back to, yeah, when I was first beginning as, as a pro-dom and just having yeah, very limited interactions with people. And I guess uh, what I would say about aftercare, it's just a question of knowing, like I knew how many hours a week I could spend playing with people professionally. And I knew that if I went over that, I was going to start to get like tapped out emotionally, mm-hmm. that I would not have anything to give uh, to the people that I was playing with in my scenes. So I guess um, awareness of your emotional regulation kind of in the in the big picture is more what I would think of here. Um, I, I guess I would also say, you know, if you're doing a lot of scenes that push your own limits at the top, I would kind of examine that because, yeah, I'm not sure that there really is a lot of aftercare that I could recommend for you if you're crossing your own boundaries, if that makes sense, if you're, if you're doing things that you really feel uncomfortable about. Well, especially it seems like, you know, you're just starting off. Yeah. So this is all sort of new. Yeah. And so you have to learn the rhythm and where your where your energy levels are yeah. and how much you are capable to give in a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know even in a pro scene because you know they're coming for these different things um i know when i first started doing pro top work um i i, I made the mistake of, like overbooking myself yeah and you know but by the time you're done you're like oh my god i'm freaking exhausted Mm-hmm. Because you put out a lot of energy in these scenes, mm-hmm. and you know it isn't you know you're new, so you want to do this well. You haven't learned your rhythm. You haven't learned. It's like it's like learning to a new sport or mm-hmm. learning to run or something where you haven't quite figured out what you're capable of, and how your body responds to too much, too little, mm-hmm. and so you put a lot of juice out there, and and you say okay that was that was too much. Yeah. So I don't know where my own limits are for like how much hours to book. It's, that's really common too, and, and it's, it's funny. Like every woman, and, and now you, every, that I have talked to who has gone into the sex industry is so excited about doing it, and so like this is going to be so cool. It's going to be great. I'm going to do this and do that. And I think to myself, okay, you're going to need to rein this in mm-hmm. a little bit because you really don't understand. But I have learned you can't you can't yeah. tell someone wow, this is, you're really mm-hmm. putting out a lot of juice and I see that you're so excited and I see that you're just like so gung-ho, but you need to pace yourself because someone just needs to, you just have to learn it. You can't explain it. Well, yeah, and then you're thinking, oh my God, I'm getting, you know, you know, hundred, hundreds of dollars an hour. I'm going to work, you know, 40 hours this week and make, you know, all this money. Yeah. You'll be a husk. <laughs> you, you, it's like you can't be Burger King. Uh, you let me know how that works out for yeah. you. But yeah, I have not uh, found it. Because yeah, it's not, you don't do a good job. It's not satisfying to you. It's not satisfying to your client. It's just, it just it's a bad idea. But yeah, everyone does that at first, mm-hmm. everybody. So uh, so yeah, it's very interesting to watch you in your new uh, male pro self uh, kind of go through that and, and, and be excited and be really like wanting to do stuff and fired up about your scenes. Mm-hmm. And it was charming. And yeah, watching you watching go. the meter because oh you only have God. so much energy yeah. that you can give. So I don't think it's a question of post care, but more like self self care. Yeah, I and so self awareness of your own limits of what you're capable of giving in a scene. Yeah, uh, and guarding yourself to not give more than you're capable of giving. Yeah. Because it's, it's pacing. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of pace. It's kind of like a long distance run. You know, it's like don't don't try to run. You know, seven miles an hour in the first mm-hmm. you know, quarter mile of this. Because like, no, you've got a long way to run. You got pace it. Yeah. All right. Next question. Mistress Matisse, just to give you background, I'm 21 in university and I live in Australia. I'm also looking to go to work in a brothel to make some decent money so that it doesn't interfere with study. Considering I'm not in a relationship nor have a problem with quote unquote selling my body for sex. However, I'm a little worried that A, I'm not the right size. I'm 5'3", 145 pounds, uh, size 12 here. I don't know what the blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm also, and B, uh, that I won't have learned enough. I've had sex about two dozen times, uh, six guys and uh, a girl. But I'm worried that if I go to work, I just know, won't know what to do. Any help you can give me at all would be much appreciated. Regards, K. Okay. Well, Katie, uh, let me just tell you, that's okay. <laughs> You're going to be just fine because you can, you can go. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you go to the, I mean, brothel, it's legal in Australia. So you've kind of got a whole system to plug yourself into there, which we'll talk about more in a minute, but, uh, your figure sounds fine. And it's really, you know, it's not about looking like a runway model. It's about, you know, feeling sexy in yourself and, you know, just, you know, being well-groomed and pretty and, you know, that kind of girly thing. But, but yeah, it's not, I, I have met women who you might think were plain, but they're beautiful because of their energy and their enthusiasm and their, you know, just exactly. It's yeah, it's, yeah. It's how you make that person feel. Exactly. So, you know, you, if, if you could be 
the most beautiful one in the world, but if you're bored and you're you're yawn and you're rude or whatever, it's not they're work. not going to feel good about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you can sell them the experience, it's not just your body you're selling. No, not at all. Not at all. So, and the second thing I would say to you is like, you know, hardly anybody at least goes into the sex industry kind of already being a sex expert. Um, For me, that was kind of how I became one. And you, just be really honest and say to these guys, you know, I'm kind of new at all this. So I really like sex and boy, I'm really excited about doing this. And hopefully you'll kind of like help me like, you know, learn as we go along. And I promise you, yeah, it will be just fine. Selling point. Yeah. Yeah. It is a selling point. Okay. So you so, just go with your Have no worries. Out. Okay. We have another sex work question uh, from Australia as well. Thank you, Australians. Uh, I guess, you know, it is. Um, I intend to go into business uh, on my own eventually, but I'd like to start out in a brothel to learn my way around the industry a bit. The problem, however, is there seems to be, for the most part, is very easy licensed brothels to break. Uh, it's very easy for li- licensed brothels to break every rule of the book because no one really checks up on them. Uh, I've done some research but haven't found much information. The question we have is, are there any warning signs of a particularly bad working environment that I should watch out for when applying to a brothel? Okay. So start there. Well, I have never worked in Australia, um, but I'm, I'm kind of, at least like by reading, familiar with the system that they have there. And it's not unlike, to some degree, the system of legalized brothels that exist in uh, our own country in the state of Nevada in certain counties. And I actually have worked in a legal brothel in Nevada. Um, what I can tell you is that, I mean, I, you're, you might get lucky first time out, but you should assume that you might change workplaces a couple of times because I know that as a stripper, for example, yeah, you bounce from club to club and, uh, you know, under one manager, it might be fine. They get a new manager and everything goes to shit. Um, the sex industry is not like, it's not like working at a Starbucks or something where, yeah, the, the rules are strictly followed and there's all kinds of, you know, no, this is the wild, wild west. Um, and, and in American, what I mean is this is a largely unregulated, uh, working system as you've noticed for yourself so um i would just kind of think about like you know how do they talk to you when you go in for an interview are they rude are they you know just kind of go with your gut with this um gift of fear yeah it is yeah very much the gift if you haven't read a book called the gift of fear by a man named gavin de becker you really should uh some of the things uh you will be in a protected environment in terms of most kinds of assault legal systems things like that but still it's a very good book for learning how to assess um problematic situations and pretty much any any kind of human interaction so read that book and and yeah and go with your gut and understand that you'll probably change workplaces and try to, I mean, I know that there are like, you know, message boards and such like that that are strictly about the uh, the Australian brothel scene. And hopefully you could hook up with some of the women. Understand that what they're going to say about places are just their opinion and your experience may be really varied. Uh, so, so that's what... Uh... She has a side note question as well. And she asks, is there any particular protocol that should be followed in an interview for a job in the sex industry as opposed to any other industry? Well, um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it could be really weird. It could be city of weird. Uh, I have been asked to strip down to my skivvies for sex work jobs. Um, one time I had a guy try to get some free sex off me and I said no. And that was kind of where I drew the line. I think he was kind of skeevy. Um, so, and, and, and I've also been kind of hired more or less, you know, sight unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I don't know what the Australian brothel deal is gonna be like. That you know, I would not fuck anybody, and I I might be willing to take off some clothes and kind of show them more or less what I've got. Uh, but uh, I mean, this is this is about sex, and it's it's a question of like, are you alone in the room with this guy? Does this feel like he's gonna be like getting physical with you in a way you don't want to, or is this you know a couple of women who are clearly not interested in taking you know sexual advantage of you, but just kind of want to see if you have track marks all over your body? Uh, yeah, it's that kind of thing. And you know, are they going to be you know looking at yet yeah, her saying, okay, is this person going to cause trouble? Yeah. Is this person going to cause drama? Yeah. You know, is this person going to be rude to our customers? Yeah. So it is sort of like, it is like a regular job in that there's like a certain level of like customer service that they're going to be looking at, going as you know. Yeah. Are they going to fit in? Are they going to be a jackass? Are they going to? Well, when I, I, I managed a massage product for some years, and when I was hiring people, yeah, the first second thing I wanted to see was, are you just like a sane, regular, responsible person who will show up and not be crazy and not steal things? I mean, that it was some really basic stuff I was looking for. And I'm guessing that's a lot of what they're looking for, too. And there we have the advice for getting started in the sex industry. <laughs> I can write a whole book on this. But thank she you will for, later. I will, yes, someday. Thank you for listening, and uh, thank you, Monk. Uh, You're welcome, my dear. Thank you, guys. This has been the Mistress's Podcast. If you like what you've heard, check her out at mistressmatisse.com or read her daily blog at mistressmatisse.blogspot.com.